The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to the Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my friend Sandra Bernstein. How are you doing, Sandra? Hey, Brian. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Had a nice, uh, had a nice weekend and um, looking forward to talking to our guests today. Yes, our regular guest. That's right. Yes. My is she here yet? She is. Hey, <laughs> I hear it. I hear her. Uh, hey, Kathleen, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Sandra? Good. And good. Brian, how about you? I'm doing good. Thanks, I guess Kathleen. we're all good. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, um, Kathleen Hill is with us today. And as a regular guest, she is a culinary historian, as well as the food editor for the Sonoma Index Tribune and all around um, most knowledgeable food person probably in the area. So we love having her on the show and we'll probably dance around a little bit, a few different subjects and we have a lot on our minds while we're eating our brown bread. Yes. We, Brian bought me a 16 ounce, I think it is jar of bread in a can that I've never seen before it took us a little bit to get it out of the can and it's actually not that bad no it was kind of tasty people we that keep have, nibbling at it don't I we know. I, know, I know that people that have had b&m beans before the the can looks very similar it it's the same company like and they just do it's brown bread i've never had the one this with one raisins, raisins before yeah i've just always had the other one and and used to just put a little uh, cream cheese on it and a little bit of jelly but it's not bad by itself. I think if I was having some tea right mm-hmm. now, a little English yeah. breakfast or Darjeeling yeah. tea, it might be nice. A tea or well, a we're just having the bread by itself without the cream cheese or yeah. butter. But it's very moist. I mean, it's not like you need it to make it moist. But yeah. see, my mother in Berkeley, California, would um, take the lid off the can and then put it in a pot of water and a sh- pretty shallow one. And steam it and make it hot and yummy that way. So and would the butter she put would melt. The lid on top of the pot? No, because it might blow up. Oh, okay. No, it wouldn't fit with the it pot. It wouldn't fit. Okay. You no, know, it's just so a revere where maybe one quart, two quart. Okay. Pan. No, and I can see this bread, I think, has a fair amount of molasses, it seems, it in tastes, it. So yeah. I can understand if it heated up how it would get really kind of soft and sticky. Yeah. Oh. It would be, maybe that's what the, do they make toffee, sticky? What's that cake called? There's a dessert that's pretty. I know sticky, what you're sticky, sticky, toffee cake sticky, or sticky toffee cake it's or sticky, something. Because it kind of tastes like that, actually. Right. Yeah. With nuts. Yeah. I mean, if it had nuts and. Well, how did this come up? Was it when we had John Ash on and we were talking about the Instapot and he was talking about making bread in the Instapot and then I think I said something about having bread in a can. I don't. I don't quite <laughs> I don't, remember. I don't quite remember either. But it was very nice of you to bring me. Well, a I was at Oliver's gift. the other. What was it? Oliver's the other day and saw. Uh, just happened to be in the aisle. I don't know what I was getting. Uh, maybe beans or something for burritos. And and just saw and down on the bottom shelf, which lets oh, you know how popular exactly. it is. Exactly. Um, on the very bottom shelf was this, and I looked for different kinds, but they only had the raisins. So, and Oliver's is really good about those sort of things. I remember for a while I was into this candy from Canada that my aunt Helen, who lived in Toronto, would always send me coffee crisp. Oh yes. And I she would send it to me that. for my birthday. It's like a Kit Kat with um, coffee flavor. Oh, are so you going to bring me that next time? Maybe? I could do that. Um, my dad and I just always used to get it for our birthdays. And then one time just mention it to the people at Oliver's 
And they said, oh, I know what that is. We can order that for you. So now they carry it all the time. <laughs> oh, well, bring That's us some. awesome. Yeah, I want to yeah. taste that. So I think yeah. someone probably said, hey, how come you guys don't have any bread in a can? Yeah. And maybe they said, I specifically like the one with raisins. And as long as you continue to buy it, they're happy to bring in these weird products. Right. Well, I'm going to be checking local grocery stores for that. Everybody should. My mother served it with canned baked beans, which were a little sweet too. And yeah. what a treat to have all that sweety stuff with yeah. butter smothered all over the bread. Okay, uh. so separate. You're not putting the, the bread in the bowl and then pouring the beans no, on top. You're, no, no, okay. not at oh. my house. It was okay. the beans on the plate and the bread on the plate with the okay. butter that melted <laughs> on the steamed hot bread. Yeah, and a little bacon in the beans maybe? Uh -huh. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Well, anybody out there that has a... Um, a great canned bread tip or trick or recipe, you know, hit us up on Facebook and let us know when you hear this well, podcast. And I wonder if anyone but B&M makes it because that will tell you the true test of whether it's a popular product. If there's another company doing right. bread in I a can. I bet there is another. There has to be. Yeah. Now you've got think. me going on research. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, we had a tough time getting it out of the can. So we were thinking maybe it was really old, but it's good until like 2020. It's got a really long well, shelf life. I think part, well, of the problem that, part of the problem is that we're in a, <laughs> we're not in a place that really has a working kitchen. And so right, that's we didn't true. have a lot of tools. We, so a, we found a knife. That was good. Can yeah. I tell what you did? Yeah, sure. So he did have a can opener to get the yeah, top and I the brought, bottom off. I did bring that. Yeah. Now and then we tried to push a tangerine into it to get it through, and a <laughs> couple of other implements, and then, and then Brian put a jar in that did push it out, but now the jar is stuck in the can. It's, we have all these jars now because <laughs> of the fact that my daughter was making honey through at 4-H, and so we got all these jars that we were putting our honey in. And now that we've gone through all the honey, we have, I don't know how many jars are now, we're using them as glasses now instead. Right. Of, and so I carry them around wherever I go. And I, a lot of times I have the top on, which I like, I can put it in my car and I don't have to worry about it sloshing around or like a bug flying in it or anything. So I had my mason jar of water and that's what I pushed through the can. But now the mason jar is stuck in the can. So I'm going to have to get some I don't want, And I don't want you to drink out of it now because I think you would cut your lip on no no I, I made it can. so it so it just sticks out of the top so that <laughs> i'm able <laughs> i push it with the corner of the table but i will have to get a pair of tin snips to, um, cut it to out. get my mason jar right. back out of this can so i don't recommend doing that at home i recommend yeah. you know using doing maybe a wood spoon would <laughs> right. probably be a good implement right. for or that. maybe someone out there wants to create a can bread pusher outer there uh, we go. A new invention. <laughs> a new a new utensil for Wait me. a minute, Kathleen, you don't have several oh, of I those? Must. You I, must. I, I, I you must. Yeah. You must have that. <laughs> yes, I have a... As I can just People imagine. don't know, I have a very large collection of antique kitchen utensils. But um, before you get into that, maybe you should try heating it in a can of boiling water because maybe um, that somehow decreases the volume i think it oh, would maybe it would soften it, would it and it would release it right. especially if you had but some the steam can didn't out. say that the can just said open the can on both sides and push it out so they i believe that the manufacturer believes that it should easily push out well, well i think after my mother heated it in the water that one of my parents did i get the bottom must have still be on been on there but but unfastened okay because i remember somebody pushing it through after it was heated 
You know, I would actually really like to go see how things are canned. I mean, I've, I've definitely been in factory when things are being bottled. But I look at a can and, you know, we've never put anything that we've done in a can. But it's fascinating because it looks seamless, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, how do they make that? How does that? I don't know. I want to go. Oh. I want to find well, somebody. Well, and now I guess they, they make cans that don't poison people. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, and I, I uh, got to know a woman named Poppy Cannon. Which <laughs> Good name. I'm sorry. I didn't realize the point of that name. Right. Um, when I was doing public relations for Trader Vic's everywhere, and she was from New York, and Vic Bergeron, who was Trader Vic, needed somebody to babysit her while he was p- too busy to pay attention to her. And Why and did it, he have to babysit her? Why did I? No, why did he? Was it his daughter? No, no. Poppy Cannon was a woman from New York. I had to, I did have, no. Oh, not babysit her. <laughs> you mean like take her around? Not really, yes. Okay, I meant take it, her around. <laughs> yes, sorry. Like, An entertainer. Entertainer. That's okay, a better got word. Got it. So anyway, I was just fascinated with her because she'd written all these books about food and and she was, she has a, she did a book called the Canned Food Cookbook or something like that, mm. which I have, but it turned out much to my horror, that she was paid by Del Monte and <laughs> and other canned food people and jarred food oh, to people write it. to write about them. And nobody knew it for maybe 20 years. And um, anyway, we've been through that if, whole canned food. I wonder food. if she knows John Ash. He worked for I Del know, Monte. that's funny. That, and I wonder if any of the recipes included the tomatoes with the basil. tomatoes with basil. Well, I'll check. Uh, but I don't yeah. see a problem I think, with that. I think she a, was gone by the uh, time he got busy. I mean, uh, you're in business canning food. I think getting someone to do recipes that incorporate your products is not necessarily a bad thing unless you felt like she was trying to hide it. For she some was reason. trying to hide her source of funding. <laughs> okay. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, huh. that's what nobody knew. And no one, yeah, right. And wouldn't and you think that people would too. catch on that you're, yeah, you're using all these yeah. canned and frozen foods? Yeah, it, um, it didn't catch on until she retired. Yeah, not a real farm to table cookbook. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but I, I, she was a lot of fun. Farm to can farm to, to table. Can. Yeah. Farm to can. Farm can, to can, can to table. To table. Yeah. Yeah. Can to table. Oh my gosh. Can to table. Well, actually, that, that reminds me. Well, this is something that I really want to do is, um, I wonder if I should say it on the air. I mean, I wouldn't be the first person doing it. There are people doing it. But there are the most delicious foods in tins from different countries. Gary brought me some back from Portugal. That was like one of my gifts. There were five, like four different cans. Now, the thing that I love about the cans right now, the tins, is they're painting them or they're shellac or doing some kind of art on them. And they're beautiful, like really beautiful. And Mm. there's a new restaurant in the San Francisco um, called Verju, which I'm surprised they got that name because there's a very famous Verju in Paris. But they are doing kind of a tapas uh, vermouth bar, I think, and they're serving foods out of tins. You're talking about like anchovies, like, but or? it's even more than anchovies. It's other fish. It's squid, um, and actually smoked mushrooms. Smoked mushrooms. I got a mm. eggplant caponata handed to me somewhere in France, outside of a market. They were passing out, um, you know, these tins. But 
there's something, you know, if you didn't grow up around it, we didn't generally have like sardines or anchovies or things like that. But I have to say, I love smoked oysters in a tin. I buy them a lot. I do too. I can eat the whole tin. Oh, I, I eat the whole tin. That's I like get, no I brainer. get sardines or anchovies. You get yeah. sardines. Do yeah. they have the bones in them at all? Some of them yes. do. It depends on the size yeah. of them. But, and no one else in, in my house will we'll eat, them, eat so them, so I don't have to worry about sharing them. But I love that <laughs> idea to just offer that with our catering. I mean, but we're, the bones we're, are good for you. Yeah, but I, I know some it. people like to crunch them. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily man. like them. I, I just get dirty and kind of filter. Them yeah. Up. So you're yeah. thinking what? Well, I think it would be fun to at we're Well, we're releasing a new program in our catering this year. It's called sticks and spreads. And so it's skewered, you know, anyway, you'll, you'll see one day. I can't totally describe it right so now. Is it for people to come pick up and then go? Well, it would be included and... in like a platter with cheese and antipasti. And, you know, maybe right. you get a can of, um, something fabulous. And maybe, with it. Uh... But that started us talking about how could we tin our own food? You know, like how much would we have to do? Can you get a home tinner? Or like a small scale tinner and like you could do ratatouille, you know, like in season, do ratatouille or do, but I'm wondering, does the FDA have to be involved at some point in that process? Well, to me, that's just like, no, well, okay, that's a good question. Like we make our salumi and we can sell it to the end user. Mm -hmm. And I would think that you can put it, whether you put it in a can or a jar, if you're giving it to the end user, Meaning That's the customer? The, the, yeah, directly. the customer directly to the guy. I don't think we could make it and all of a sudden sell it to sell Oliver's. It. Right, so it's just a holding vessel. It's, it's yeah. like a piece of pottery. Or right. a, you know. but, but might not tin have a different chemical interaction with the contents? I, I, my gut tells me that all those tin cans are lined. They are now. They, yeah. They, yeah. Did, didn't used to be the case, but yeah, yeah now they Even are Even the aligned. lids you pull off. Yeah, I, th- I believe yeah. so. Oh. You know what I get in cans is um, dolmas. Oh, really? Yeah. There are was, they oh, good? Yeah, there was a certain kind I always used to get, and they, huh. would, you know, they would jam pack uh, well, four or five in there. and well, you kind of nice. Yeah, and you just kind of pull them. I love dolmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I love dolmas. I, d- right? I know you love dolmas. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to have to actually make you dolmas one day. It's <sighs> getting the first one out that's yeah. the challenge, just I'm like gonna, the brown I'm bread. I'm going to try and buy some dolmas in a can now. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. they're in jars. Yeah. I mean, and this actually, you know, this conversation is talking about, like, these are convenience foods that people can buy and instead of having to cook you can have an easy snackable kind of a meal hunk of cheese a great bottle of wine a tin of sardines and dolmas jar of olives and you don't really even need to cook so which one of us is going shopping Mm. Uh, <laughs> this is Brian, sounding so no, good. Brian's the one that goes most frequently. I go to I go shopping three to four times a week. Yeah, you really shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I like to shop yeah. for today for or today and tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that yeah. sounds but so I, good, it, and it is. And so, like, as just in regards to food and how consumers and people eat, the avenues of buying those types of things, making a meal 
or going to Whole Foods or one of the other markets and going to the hot food section or the salad station and collecting your food there, going to the deli, having a great sandwich. Now, and then we had all those meal plans, um, which was crazy. Montreal out of business and went bankrupt and all these people. Oh, and tons of people. Yeah, in San Francisco. And that was a meal plan. And now the thing is, I don't think, this is definitely not new, but the food delivery service is just increasing. I mean, Caviar is a company that I had never heard of. They're coming in the area. We have DoorDash. Have you ever ordered off a of DoorDash? No, I've never offered, ordered off of any of them. No, P- Mary's Pizza ever delivery? Yeah. Well, Once the kids were home. Yeah. So I, I, I like delivery. I'm actually trying out all the DoorDash restaurants. There's a lot. In our little town, there must be a dozen and a half restaurants on DoorDash that you and can get food And we also have Sonoma from. Food Taxi. And Sonoma Food Taxi. But, Yeah. They're going to, I mean, the DoorDash, well, it's corporate and it's, everything is plugged in and it's on an app on your phone and it shows you where the car is and when it's going to get to your house. And, you know, it's interesting. And I only, it's on my mind because we've been, you know, I'm like, would we consider being a restaurant available for DoorDash? Now, I don't think the girl in the fig could, I think maybe our pizza at the cafe if it would travel. Do you know how long I have uh, that idea for the fig cafe when you guys went through your different iteration and did the remodel and then, mm-hmm. you know, some locals were a little bit upset with change, which <laughs> right. is completely um, understandable. <laughs> which, we pers- not. which we perceived. Um, I mean, we persevered. Yeah. I thought, you know what? Just turn it into a pizza Pizzeria. place and do delivery. Right. And you can do pizza, pasta, gnocchi. Right. Um, all those different things and just deliver in the Glen Ellen area to all those people up in the hills. People and, uh, in Glen Ellen are still crying for pizzeria. Yeah. Our pizza is great. It they is. can I have know. our pizza there. Yeah. I mean, and do people well, come get it to go? Oh yeah. We sell a lot of pizza oh, yeah. to oh, go. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. We yeah. sell a lot, but like, you know, there's not, I don't think there's that many foods that travel very well like if you're in a restaurant setting you're making food to be served right away out of the kitchen on a plate yeah i think you for something like is doordash so they pick up at local restaurants and then bring it to your house yeah so i would and think it costs that, more yeah i wouldn't let them choose from everything on the menu no, from you, your restaurant you i would do a selected exactly. menu of stuff that you know travels well exactly i mean i think the flounder believe it or not thinking about it oh, would I probably be flounder. a great thing to travel it would hold its heat because of the mashed potatoes and the butter and the, right I mean, but i we're too busy at the restaurant at the girl in the fig to even think about a spare space to like be doing oh right on that huge. side street you can put in a drive-thru <laughs> put in a drive-thru sandra <laughs> I, the flounder Munier, the girl in the fig, is my favorite I, thing there. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a classic. But I, I think it. it's fascinating. And so I think it's interesting that at a time where there's all these things that make it really easy, it's the same time that we're really trying to get back to the farm and back to the garden. Back and to that's the land. what you're hitting on. Exactly. Is, is a little more closeness of, to the food itself. Exactly. And a little more thought and even use of fingers to. Right. Right. Feed one well, that's self. what I it's don't really understand about those those services where they deliver 
you know, the recipe with the uncooked meat and a bell pepper and an onion. Right. And, a, and I think you can't go to the store and pick <laughs> out your own bell pepper. And it was very creative in a multi-trillion billion dollar industry. I mean, yeah. uh, whether closed. it's going to last is a well, good so, question. There's two just three too big many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, if people are lazy, they don't want to do right. the cooking. Exactly. They just want it delivered so that they right. can eat it right then. Right. I'll, I'll tell you, I tried it. I tried it. I wanted to see what it would be like to do that. Like how, you know, I love trying different things, but I think it could teach people how to cook Yeah, in, that a, different, I agree in with. a different way because it, you know, it takes out the prep work mostly. Yeah. And some of the sauces you get, so it's way too many packaging materials. Right. Way too many. Once a couple of years ago, I was at a Les Dames de Scoffier, um, walk through tour thing at Heath Ceramics in Sausalito. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. And, and uh, I won't mention the name of the service, but the guy showed up with a big stack of boxes oh, of food to take home to deliver there. Oh, the only thing is, as he closed the gate, he dropped them all. Oh, and he just stacked them up again and took them in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess it's kind of like throwing the television over the fence yeah. or something. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> But if you don't Did like you? shopping, the <clears throat> even right. at Oliver's now at my local market, they, they do make their own, right? They, they, you can buy mirepoix. I mean, it's all in the right. little um, refrigerated section. They have the Brussels sprouts that are already trimmed out. They have butternut squash already all trimmed out. Cauliflower rice. Uh, everything all already really? done in yeah. delis. In deli, the plastic deli yeah, thing. Yeah, we have that too. So that you just bring them home and, and you don't have to do... I mean, who likes cutting up butternut squash i don't know i've got a big one on my counter at home and yeah. i usually can't cut them so i take them out in the driveway and throw them and on the ground it. you almost need an axe yeah right yeah, yeah. right <laughs> i know there's certain vegetable peelers i found one that's the shorter one not the long ones that you're used to but the shorter ones that i can that is really sharp and i can get those things off but then you need a big knife you got to go right, through it you, there is risk it. of cutting cutting yourself. off your finger exactly <laughs> or your um, whole hand and so right. i i go yeah. the asphalt on the driveway routine and, and yeah. wow you're like a raven but it's yeah but it's also <laughs> that's what they do but that's i feel right. badly when i hurt the squash that way you know right it bothers me so right. i haven't done it since i bought this one from yeah. paul's produce uh, i think you can just do it i might do it, it tonight yeah. thanks for the bolstering yeah yeah if you get a really sharp knife actually i learned this when you start cooking in a restaurant you can actually just if you have a good sharp knife can stand that thing up just like watermelon now i cut off each end so mm -hmm. i can stand yeah. it up right. yeah. and then and i then just trim it. the skin yeah. off right. and then just cut it up into pieces because um yeah, yeah trying to it seems like my mom used to go about it the the hard way right um, and we would never touch anything if she brought home a watermelon a cantaloupe and a honeydew it would sit there on the counter it would sit there for years if if, <laughs> really? if she didn't cut it up as soon as oh, she would cut it up and put it, it in tu gone. in tupperware you can tell <laughs> right. what, what year this was uh -huh. put it in tupperware and put it in the fridge it was gone within a day right but if we had it uh, as kids if we had to cut it all up no right. way yeah i i'm such a messy cook i mean literally and and i think and I don't like to clean, I don't like to clean up, you know, it's like if you, like you cook and clean, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, my late husband did all the cleanup. I used oh. to say that he cleaned up after me both in the kitchen and in life, oh, which was true. He was a, he was a lawyer. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. But he would, he would clean up after the meal and yeah. he'd be happy doing that. It was his little Zen thing. Were you, did you make less of a mess because you knew he was going to clean did you try and like no i just did normal. you just did your thing yeah, yeah he didn't care and he yeah. he learned from 
Martha Stewart on the Today Show or something. Oh. How to polish the bottoms of copper pots with vinegar and salt. Interesting. Hmm. And he loved doing that. It was so bizarre. This high-powered attorney. Oh, that's a Zen-like thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, he really enjoyed that. And he'd just say, go to bed. I'll finish. You know, and I just, I can't do that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. Not with leg braces. Well, so. I just clean up now. I, if my wife decides to cook, and when she does, she does, she goes all out. So cooking Indian food, she has all the separate little spices and oh, puts yum. them all together and grinds them in a little Is special she from grinder. India? She's not. She's uh, she's from here, but she's um, Portuguese. Oh. Um, but we just love Indian food. I love the aromatics. I love the way it makes the house smell. I love that it's unique flavors. And you um, like her to do it. Oh, I love that. And then I don't mind cleaning up. My Uncle David has to clean up because he refuses to buy a dishwasher for <laughs> my aunt. And so their, better clean up their than, deal right. is if you're not going to buy me a dishwasher, then after I cook, you clean the kitchen. And that's Sounds worked right out to me. Years yeah. and years. That's gone on. Wow. Yeah. I complained the other our dishwasher broke <laughs> and it took us a couple of months to get one. First, we bought one. It didn't fit. And so I, I made the mistake of complaining. She was over at our house and I said, oh, my God, and I can't, I've been doing dishes for the last two months by <laughs> hand. And she says, I've never owned a dishwasher. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know what? Mine conked out for a while and I actually had to get a new one. I mean, 30 years. What do you think? Yeah. You know, so. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. It lasted. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So um, uh, in the meantime, I was washing them by hand, and you know what? They got a lot cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it depends on the dishwasher. Our right. old dishwasher was great. This new one, not so great. I think I it's agree. just like the toasters we, we talked about, Kathleen. There's those old toasters will last through nuclear winter. I know. Um, but those new toasters, I <laughs> swear, if you look at them wrong, they're short yeah. circuit. Yeah. And People realize that if something <laughs> lasts forever, they're not going to sell you something else. You know, they've got to exactly. keep so the inventory rolling. Yeah. Welcome so, to capitalism. So my stove, right, exactly. my stove went in when we built the house 30 plus years ago. Before there were walls. What do you got, a Wedgwood? I don't remember what it is. Uh, and the labels all uh, washed off. Oh, You wow. know, so... Maybe somebody knows what it is, but I had some guests over a couple of months ago to advise on a video or something. And um, as they left, one of them said, is there something special about that stove? Oh, why? Because your food tasted better? No, because it wasn't super duper wolf range, you oh, know, whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it works. Yeah, right. Right. I used to have it's a wedge. It's 34 right? years old. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, in San Francisco, some of the apartments, you got those really old stoves that, I mean, like, because they took all those old buildings and just cut them all up into different apartments and you got the you got the old equipment and it all worked. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you get the new ones and they don't even come clean when you're right. washing them and they start, uh, anyway, I could go on forever. My son yeah. had a gorgeous pink stove in one of his wow. apartments in los angeles that was yeah a fleetwood or something oh very fun. oh it was wild and both ovens worked wow yeah, Less, yeah. it's like the old and mixers that would be you retro a... days when they were doing the pastels and right all the, the different the, appliances the, like, that, that green right. pastel the, yeah. color and yeah mint mint chip ice cream that's green. What i was going to say those kitchenaid mixers yeah. now you can they've gone back to those retro colors you can get some of those old yeah. colors um by the way, if anyone has an old, old stove they would like to loan for an exhibit at the Marin Art and Garden Center in April, let Sandra know okay. on Facebook. Okay. Or Wait, what is, is that this? appropriate? What is this for? On. 
this is an um, exhibit of my part of the Kathleen Hill Culinary Collection. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it'll be on for six weeks, I think, at the wow. Marin Art and Garden Center. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah, it should be fun. We're doing music um, of the era. and That is very uh, cool. Uh, what what is will it be up? Five or six weeks. Oh, that's great. I'll okay. let you know. Okay. Yeah. I grew up going to the Art and Garden Center. My grandmother... In Marin? In Marin? Yeah, well, we, I grew up in for the first five years in the Bonaire Apartments in Greenbrae. And my oh, grandmother yeah. was a member of the Art and Garden Society. She was an artist there. Oh, wow. And that's how I got something from... Do you know the artist Inez Storer? She's no. a she's a famous artist. I have this piece from her, and and I didn't I didn't really put it together. I carried this thing around with me because I loved this little picture that I had. And then when I was working at Imagery Winery, Inez was one of the artists she, that oh, did one of the labels. Cool. And so I kind of put two and two together, and I emailed her and, and I sent her a picture of the thing that I had because on the back it says Marin Art and Garden Center um, sale fifty cents. Wow! So I got it for fifty oh. cents. I'm sure it's worth thousands now but i sent her a picture of it and she said oh my god i can't believe you have that so one day we're gonna get together and i'm gonna have her uh, uh, gonna have her um, sign it sign it yeah Yeah. will you text me a picture of it i want to see what it It is the cutest thing yeah yeah you'll love it um but yeah the art and garden center then my sister and i would go back periodically and take pictures um for my parents we would like for christmas you know we didn't have a lot of money but we'd go have pictures taken and then put them in frames and we'd send them to relatives and things so i have a lot of nice pictures from there well uh, it has really developed it was uh, basically saved and preserved by caroline livermore <coughs> livermore's were he was a big five railroad builder uh-huh. i believe um in the country and along with stanford and and uh, uh mark hopkins those guys mm-hmm. and um Anyway, she saved it and preserved it, and it's just gorgeous, open woods. It's all cared for. It just is looks it, wild. Is it just, um, is it a store? Or no, is it no, a, no, it's, it's a park a in a way. It's oh, a free park, uh-huh. and it has um, a, an antique store that helps support it. It has a preschool and a, and a preschool garden school oh, fun. with a beautiful garden. It has its own garden that provides vegetables for events. And in the old barn, they have a gallery. I mean, they have lots of things going on. Mm. And so it's a big, big property. It is. It is. Mm. Many acres. And um, anyway, it's kind of the center of Ross, which is between San Anselmo and San Rafael. I it believe. is. Literally, you could down the road from Sean Penn's house um, next to the fire station. Yeah. Sean yes. Penn still live there? I I don't know if him or Robin still... I think they do. I think one of them does. Yeah, I think one of them does, oh. too. I've had people point out the house to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, anyway, it's a lovely area. It's a very expensive area. But Lots the, of trees. But the, the Marin Garden Art and Garden Center is open to everyone. There's no membership anymore. There's no fee. Hmm. It's just um, a w- lovely place. All right, so we're, we're on the hunt for a stove. Okay, yeah. an old stove. An old, we- old Wedgwood stove. Will it be inside all of yes. your stuff? Yes. Okay, so they have buildings that they yes. can... Yes. Oh, wait a minute. If this is supposed to be a showing of your stuff, how come we're a- acquiring a stove? Well, okay. <laughs> Why don't they take you your because stove? They, <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> no, they remembered the executive director had been to my ex- ex- exhibition, I'm told to call at it. At the museum. At the Sonoma Valley Museum of Art. And there was a green, an old green stove loaned to me by Joanne and Keith Filippello. Oh. After, and I had a horrible looking green coffee pot on it, 
And it was all age-appropriate, period-appropriate. And after the exhibit, the Filipellos gave it to a young couple who were moving to the woods to be earthy kids. So it's gone. Hmm. Unfortunately, okay. so yeah. I could use one to okay, yeah, and happy to give it and back. What, yeah, I was gonna say, what are you gonna do with it afterwards? <laughs> give it back. Yeah. Okay, so it's we need to, unless somebody wants to donate week. it to my collection. Whatever okay. happened to the old refrigerator, the old oven place that was on Highway Twelve? Oh, he moved to Mexico. Oh, he had a ton of cool oh, looking stoves. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, that's and who you need to get. You need to find an old stove person. He was it. I mean, he was it for the North Bay, for sure. Yeah, and he he sold as many as he could, and I don't know what he did with the rest, but he had bought a house in Mexico already, I think with his in-between late wife, meaning since he bought the place in Mexico, she passed away. Oh, dear. And so he decided to move there anyway. Yeah. Too, it's a loss for all of us. But yeah, it was, I love driving by, seeing what would be in the window. He actually oh, changed know. it every once in a while. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah I know what yeah, you're talking you about know. now. Now yeah. I remember. Yeah. Now it's probably what the smoke shop. Maybe? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smoke shop and cash. Yeah. Check cashing or something. Yeah. Vaping, baby. That's it. It <laughs> is vape. Yeah. yeah. The vape and bake. It's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, are we talking about hemp now? I was just. Thinking that's a good transition yeah. to the farm yeah, bill and yeah. and your interest in hemp. Right? Well, no. Well, we were talking about the farm bill, and I I mean, there's a lot of um, issues related to the farm bill, but one of them that I found most interesting was the legalization of hemp, which has always been listed, I think, as a class two, which is basically illegal to to farm, which makes no sense whatsoever because that used to be a huge cash crop in the United States. I mean, talk about times of Thomas Jefferson. I mean. This is what they grew. And for some reason, at some point, it became closely related to marijuana. And then it would just got classified as a class two drug, which you don't smoke hemp. Yeah. What I mean, for people that don't know, inquiring minds, what exactly is hemp? I think it is. Uh, it, I think it's related to uh, cannabis in, in some form, but it, I don't think it has the active THC properties that that um, marijuana has. Right. And it, a friend of my stepson's in Canada, um, after he sold his big deal cartography business, he started, he opened eight hemp stores. Canada is huge in hemp yeah, right now. Yeah, across Canada yeah. where he was selling hemp clothes and right, but everything did, hemp. And use, now he's growing it. What yeah. did they use to make the clothes and purses and fiber that they make out of the yeah. plant? The fiber out of the leaves or out of the stalk? I don't know. I mean, they even used to make sails for, for boats. Your sail and the ropes that were on the boat would be would be made out of hemp. So that part of the hemp business wasn't illegal. You could harvest it to make things that you didn't ingest. You could until a point, and I don't know when that date was. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with Mitch McConnell, and he's from Kentucky, is that correct? Which they realized at some point that tobacco wasn't going to be the lucrative crop anymore. Maybe their morals got the, the better of them. So they were looking for for an alternative cash crop. And I think they might have been the ones that were really pushing to to pop it out of class two listing and to actually make it a cash crop again because they're <laughs> looking at replacing a lot of the tobacco fields. They, they were indeed. And for Mitch McConnell to make that about face was almost humorous. Well, 
I mean, Although he, the eco- economics behind it. He's supposed to listen to his constituents. Right. So right. If, if that's true. And and also one of the guys that is now in charge who owns a, a hemp um, <clears throat> plantation. If, I don't know if they call it that anymore. Um, used to be an intern for him. Um, so he's he had some direct connection to it as well. Um, but but if your people are suffering in your district, you got to figure out some way to to make right. them happy yeah. to, right. to vote you back in again. Right. Yeah, which yeah. apparently is going to be a challenge next election. Yeah. Is anybody growing <laughs> hemp in this area? I don't, I don't know of anybody. I don't know. I'm sure we could look that up. But I know um, in Kentucky, I think, it, I mean, they said something like 42 farms, I think, had yeah. already been started. They had a certain amount of acreage where they were testing it. And they were allowed to grow it if they were testing it to see about its viability. And it's now that now everyone is just on board, sort of like the cannabis um, companies here in California. I mean, once you legalize that, there was people that were just chomping, waiting to yeah. get into that industry. Um but it definitely took a while to get permits and approval. I remember I had gone to the county. I had to get our last signature for the tasting room. And that was the day after they opened up the county to get, if you wanted to apply for um building something that had cannabis in it Mm -hmm. and so they had been talking about this is going to be the day you know such and such a date is when we'll start accepting applications so i didn't go on the first day because i thought oh my god it's going to be so packed there's going to be lines out the door went on the second day and it wasn't that bad and they said no there weren't as many people as they thought there were going to be and but still i mean people i think people are still trying to get applications through yeah, I think all the, the the large corporations already had all their ducks right. in a row and were ready to go. There was it's right. going to be the smaller people, and especially when you're talking about people growing cannabis, not always the most motivated or organized people. <laughs> there well, are exceptions make, to I that rule. I think they rule. can make more money growing <laughs> cannabis than hemp. Is that true? I, I don't know. I would think so, especially with all the iterations <laughs> with the, the the oils and the, the yeah. Um, yeah the salves and. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more avenues currently for marijuana and yeah, a lot. You've, yeah. I mean, you've got built in users. Well, it'll be interesting. Um, I heard last week that they put a nip on putting cannabis oil in or cannabis related products in alcoholic drinks. So like the cocktail you can't do that in cocktails anymore. I think that's smart. Oh, I do, too. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people experimenting and doing it, and you've got to trust mm. that people, you know, are going to know people's dose or, you know, yeah. it's just well, as Constellation a Brands is actually really focused. Really pushing the envelope. Um, and I think in Canada right now, I don't know that they're necessarily doing anything down here, um, but it's possible. I know they were talking about a beer at least that they were right, going to do that. Right. Um, and I think there's a beer too that are out. But I think it's like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's more like in a bar or, you know, you can't do it to order. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, But everything. You can't put it in a tin. You can't put it in a tin. Right. 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 Everything gets adjusted. You know, we've already adjusted the the little gummies uh, that had THC in them. Because it used to be, I think you could get the black stars were like a hundred milligrams or something. Now, uh, I think it was at the end of last year, 
people said, go buy those things now because starting January 1, I think it's 10 milligrams is the maximum that mm. you could. And I could be, compl- I think I'm right. I could be wrong about that. But 10, I think 10 milligrams is the most you can put. And then, then was, uh, I think it's 100 per package. So they put restrictions. And part of it was this guy that um, killed his wife in in Colorado um, and claimed that he, it was because he took a, a jelly he and he thing? says, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't mean to kill her. I didn't even know it was her. Wow. And so then a lot of people took a step back and said, and there was, they've gone over all the nine one one calls and seen how many were related to eating these gummies. Wow. And so the, the companies <laughs> had to take a look. And I, th- I think the government sort of the local government stepped in and said, okay, you guys, we need to take a look at this. There's not enough I think data out good. there to, to yeah. know what's going on. So if, if you want a hundred, yeah, because what's the line between that and drinking too much and say, Oh gee, I killed my wife. Sorry. Right, right. Well, there's some hallucinogenic properties is what he was yeah. claiming. And, and I think that's what Saunders talking about. It's, mm-hmm. it's having um, people that are trustworthy producers of those products. I mean, I can, uh, I can tell you that I used to. I can tell you that I used to buy LSD when I was a younger person, right. and sometimes and I knew people that made it. And sometimes near the edges of the um, um, particular grids that they made, the LSD was a little bit thicker. In some places, it was a little bit thinner. And so sometimes you were taking one dose, and it would be wow. And sometimes it was like, oh, maybe I need to take another one. So I'm sure that's a lot of the home, the cottage industry with THC. I think there's a lot of that still going on where it's a little bit experimental. I don't know that, you know, you've got someone from the FDA that's in there looking over your shoulder to see exactly what you're doing. Right. That, that, and that's the part that worries me a little bit. I mean, even with the kids and the teenagers and, you know, in high school and things are becoming accessible. I mean, I think about when I was a kid, I didn't go as far as you did. Um, but we were pretty wild. (laughs) We, you know, did a lot of experimenting, a lot, very trustworthy, I don't feel like I'm as trustworthy as I was then. Hmm. I think I'm oh. a little bit more cautious. Of, the, of, oh, that's oh, natural. Yeah. That's natural. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. You get older. I mean, you, you would do anything. A little. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I hope that, but I guess I worry for the kids that would have been where I, you know, like free, you know, to just try things. And, yeah. you know, you eat some of those edibles and, you know, who can wait an hour to see what's going to happen? <laughs> not very many yeah, people right. <laughs> you know and te- we because we want everything mm-hmm. instant you yeah. want to be you want to know what's going to happen you want what you want yeah. right away remember that commercial anticipation yeah, that, was Simon. that wasn't <laughs> yeah. it didn't start as a commercial no that actually you're right, started you're right. as a song, song. yeah <laughs> that's really funny yeah. but i i think that's a real issue you know yeah. because if people are you know allowed to self-dose or you know I so just changing the subject yeah, slightly, we can we smoke avocados? Oh, uh, we've done smoked avocados. I was going to no. say, that's actually a thing. Sondra <laughs> has done that, thing. and we've done that mm-hmm. at the Fairmont as well. You, yeah, they're yeah. really good. You cut them in half, take the pit out, and you turn them right upside down on the uh, grill and let them sit for a little bit and then scoop them out and use them. They're really good. Yeah. You didn't Actually, think, I you meant didn't the other were, kind of smoking avocados. I know, you yes, didn't think absolutely. you were going to get that reaction. No, I you? didn't. So, no. so I, I did want to talk a little bit about avocados right now and i know um this will air after the super bowl and um why is that relevant to the avocado i'm about to tell you oh okay because inquiring minds thousands and thousands of tons of avocados are consumed at during the super bowl yeah people Um, making guacamole 
Oh. And this year, there is appears to be a shortage of avocados, which will last after the Super Bowl. Um, we're talking hundreds of thousands of tons. And the reason is that uh, primarily, besides the cartels in Mexico, because that's where avocados are coming from right now, um, there's a gasoline shortage in Mexico, exacerbated by the, um, the I guess, some cartels and just bad guys who need gasoline breaking gas lines and siphoning out the gasoline, mm. which is what caused a huge explosion a couple of weeks ago in Mexico that killed 70 people or something. Oh, yeah, and so there's even less gasoline available to the drivers, and so it's a problem of getting the avocados to the United States. So Mexico doesn't have an avocado shortage? No. It's just they're, well, gro- they're actually, still growing. They're having some drought in some okay. of the areas like Michoacan, <clears throat> where they're grown. So they're, they're water dependent. Right. And there is some drought going on, but it's not as drastic as the problem of the getting them out of the country. And, and we don't know what the stuff at the border is doing to that either. Um, but so, anyway, so, but I did find some relative bargains of avocados. And, and as we know, as we experienced in the last week, Brian and I for sure, we had to buy three to get one good one. Right. Yeah. Even though they feel appropriate. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I was saying the organic ones are a little bit, I'm finding, or I'm trying to buy the organic ones, but I'm having even a little bit more challenge with them than I am yeah. the conventional ones. But what is our growing season here in California for avocados? Well, it already happened. Maureen Cottingham of the Vintners right. and Growers, her family grows avocados down mm-hmm. in the valley. Yeah, that was one of my it's best short. gifts. Huh. Yeah, she gave me so avocados Haas, one Haas, year. So Haas, is that a Mexican company? No, it's a, a um, variety oh, of I see. avocado. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I have a whole thing from the avocado board that I haven't, I'm not using all of it, but it says when you're squeezing an avocado to squeeze it in the palm of your hand, how do you do that? Right, unless it's a mini avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had the huge woods in Maui? I actually lived there, and yes. Whoa. Up in uh, Kula, my friend's father lived in Kula, up country, um, and he had an avocado. It was a, I mean, it was a bush. It was huge. Yeah, and the avocados itself were huge. The pit was huge. Oh, they're the size of, uh, bigger than a grapefruit. They're like Volkswagen bugs. And it's wow. not like it's I a big pit with a little bit yeah. of meat. It's really, huh. oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. They're just gorgeous and huge. Mm. But, um, so now they're priced, at least in the San Francisco Bay Area, at 149 for little ones. And I bought uh, two at one store and one or two at another store in the last couple of days. And just like Brian's experience, uh, I only found one good one among wow. those. And you can't, actually, I did take them back once to Whole oh, Foods. <clears throat> and they, um, I didn't have my receipt and they gave me a little bad time over they that. They did? They never used to do that. <laughs> well, so anyway, I... Wait, I, wait, when you return them, are you bringing them Amazon. back after they've already been cut open and yes. then showing them and saying, hey, these are yes, bad? Yes, the next day. I would think it and was like a... And they replaced them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was more of like a buyer beware situation where if you're getting an avocado, you know it may or may not be good. No, that's well, terrible. Well, Whole Foods makes it good. That oh. would be like corked wine. Like you got to take wine back. Right. Interesting. But I had the most delicious guacamole yesterday at um, 
Il Molino, the cute little restaurant uh, in Boys Hot Springs in Sonoma. Yeah. Um, Michelin Star, I believe, and James Beard nominee. Um, El Molino is delicious. And, their and chips it was, are delicious and, oh, too. I love their chips. I, know. I mean, you order chips and guacamole, you get smaller or large. The small is plenty for like five people, unless you like going to eat so much. Not in my group. Oh, yeah, well, no, well yesterday <laughs> there were three of us, and he ordered a large, and it was a lot. He had, we took a bunch home, but you have to order salsa separate. It doesn't come with salsa, you have to order the salsa. But it is just chunky and creamy and the most perfect avocado green color. And it's like that every time. It's always good. And she Delicious. refrigerates the avocados. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do that too, but I don't notice if if you start with a bad avocado, it's still gonna be bad. That's true, you're right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um and also people can get her primavera tamales at the San Francisco Ferry Building. Right. Um Right. Oh at Primavera on the market, the farmers market days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's done quite well. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, in the markets. Well what do you guys like in your guacamole? I'm a purist. So when I make it at home it's avocado and I don't use lime juice, I use lemon juice. And a little bit of salt, and that's it. But then I hate when I get guacamole and it has tomatoes in it. I think that's. I think that's <laughs> stretching the guacamole. I, mean, I know, I think and they're adding the onions. They want to add the, the tomatoes salt. to stretch it I out. I don't a mind bit. a little bit of cilantro and maybe a yeah. little bit of like a diced red onion, but I, the tomatoes is just going too far. Yeah, uh, Rosa Mexicana restaurant in San Francisco, uh, across from the Ferry Building, across from. I think Boulevard Restaurant, it may be. Um, they make guacamole tableside. And yeah, and it is delicious. But I'm trying to think right now what they put in it. And I, I don't think there's tomatoes. Hmm. But they also doing like this cheese, like this melted cheese fondue. Oh, my God. Their food. They're actually, I like their food. What's it called? I think it's called Rosa Mexicano. Okay. And it's on yeah. Market Street? And it's on, uh, maybe it is on Market you know what? Let me ask my best friend Google. Yeah, the because um, because is it Boulevard or one, one Market is right at the end, and yeah. then Boulevard is right. one. It's next over. to what's the hotel right there? There's a hotel. Palomino. No. Um, um, oh, Hyatt. The Hyatt. No. It's the one that used to have the water fountain that it's shut off. It's one now. of the. It's one of the. Um, I think the Joie de V or the. I'm gonna find it. And the Delancey Street is right down the street. Yeah. Boy, it's still cranking isn't it i know isn't that wonderful yeah delancey street for people who don't know is a is a kind it's of a drug mission. recovery home where you learn skills yeah. and um truly recover yeah it's it's <coughs> on mission street 30 mission street okay. san oh. francisco so right off market yeah, yeah. It runs runs parallel with the market yeah. yeah handmade guacamole handmade at your table yeah it's so good wow mm-hmm were you there during the fancy food show? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, you know, my mom doesn't love Mexican food. She'll eat some of it, but she loves guacamole. Hmm. And so one year we were staying down there and it was next door to the hotel we were at. And um, we had eaten there once or twice just for the guacamole. Just really fun. Great. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Really delish. Well, I hope it doesn't affect us too badly. I mean, I, I would think that like this craze on avocado toast everywhere would have really been the creator of a shortage. It probably contributed to it. Yeah. yeah. I know we've got that on our menu at the, at the Fairmont and 
just about a month in and a bar. half ago for the on the bar menu. You know, I don't know if it is anymore. We just recently changed it. But about a month and a half ago, we were told we weren't we couldn't get any avocados. And so we had to switch to like an avocado spread or something that no. it's just not the same. No, yeah. no, it's yeah. not. It's yeah. not. Yeah, we served avocado. We served a papaya pickled a, a regular papaya green papaya and avocado mousse and crab salad this weekend at a pop-up and jeremy was very generous with the crab it was a big pile <laughs> of crab and i thought the papaya was very unripe um the pickled papaya was delicious because it was really crunchy and he did it in threads and just was yeah looked beautiful i love those flavors with crab you know, papaya here in Sonoma Valley is best at um, one of the Mexican grocery stores. I'm losing the name at the moment. Inigas. Oh, and but, they, they have papayas, like ripe papayas. And mangoes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love wonderful. ripe papaya. Yeah. I have so, to say, I'm one of the people that don't like cutting and dicing often, and Sonoma Market has... Um, diced is it fresh chopped. it's delicious oh it's one of the easiest things to cut though because there's no pit it's just, it's just those so little messy. black seeds and it's I and just it's get the seeds soft everywhere. and squishy and but i love that smell it's very perfumey I do too yeah. mm. papayas so are good for you too just to take us to the south a little bit yeah for our little baby south. last topic mm-hmm. um i got an, uh, some information today about a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich Wait, who, and how, what, really how, what do gross. you mean you got information about a it peanut butter? It came my way. What does that mean? <laughs> Online. <laughs> okay. I didn't look it up. It just okay. arrived. It just okay. showed up in your inbox. Yeah, some things like that happened to me. Okay. Yeah. And I have never had a peanut butter and mayonnaise I will, sandwich. I will never do that. And why would you? Well, I'm kind of <laughs> curious. You are? Yes. Maybe peanut butter and avocado. Oh. <laughs> That sounds better High than protein. peanut butter and mayonnaise. I, I just both of them sound disgusting. <laughs> well, I'll try them and I'll okay. next time yeah, I'll, let I'll, I'll let you know. Bring us a sandwich. Okay, see if it needs to go on your yeah. menu. Either well, it's but if not. you think about it, what's mayonnaise? It's it's egg oil and maybe some sort of citric acid or or lemon. But um, why do I want that in my peanut butter? Well, why the peanut butter's got a really oil. Good thing? And yeah, I don't know. Well, people who like them in the south apparently like the salt added and a little bit of the acid is mentioned yeah um but uh maybe it makes it not stick to your retainer oh <laughs> <laughs> well like do you mix the two together no or you is spread them one on one yes okay i just have a i hate time. to waste good yeah. bread doing right. that but <laughs> right i hate to ruin the peanut butter so if you have a great recipe for peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches let Sandra Bernstein no yeah, on, on the Facebook. Bike, yep. On the bike goes oh, on. Yes. Yep. On our Facebook page or Instagram. Yeah. Let send us a picture. Yeah. Of yes. you eating it. Of you it. eating it. So <laughs> we know that this is true. That it was really I um we got some really great feedback about our B episode. We've got some mm. B followers now following us, which is really cool. Yeah. And um well, yeah, was, we love just... getting feedback from, you know, people that are listening to the show. And Marin Art and Garden Center makes has bees, and oh. I just received some of their honey. Was it good? Fabulous. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Most honey is, though. I know. And <laughs> most bees are fabulous. <laughs> and beekeepers are and fabulous. Beekeepers. Yeah, very interesting show. It was educational yeah. for Sondra and I. I think yeah. we were. I was dumbfounded. Yeah, I was by paralyzed for an hour. Right. Well, especially the dance of the bees, because yeah. I just remember. At, I don't know if it was when I was a kid, but I think it was in school, just watching the bee dance, and they were saying, "Okay, that one bee." was a scout that went out and found something and then came back to the hive and they do this little dance that gives exact directions and the and where they're talking about is miles away and it's literally like okay go one mile take a left at that big oak tree and then when you see the fence or the garage it's it's like that specific this whole little dance that they go through it's amazing how did someone actually even figure that out you know did someone just make that all up uh well i'm sure they they were wondering how those bees got to that spot and how could you follow them like um, when they go so fast you'd have to put a tracker on them how do you put a tracker (laughs) on a bee i'm like some of this stuff is just blows my mind And one thing that's always blown my mind on bees, and it occurred to me on Vancouver Island, where we went to a bee place with lots of products, and the beekeeper owner of the property was there and talked to us a lot. And I said, here you are in the forest. How do you know this is lavender, honey? How do you know that's where the bees sucked? (laughs) (laughs) or whatever they do (laughs) and um you know or eucalyptus or whatever it was and he said well we just take them some places and they come back which didn't really explain it well he nick spoke a little bit about how they would take bees to certain places they use them for pollination so they'll take them someplace just to pollinate specific fields keep them there but you can tell by the color kathleen i've seen different types of honey whether it's orange blossom or wild flower or lavender um there's a little color difference in some of the honeys that i've seen and then it just makes sense if you have lavender on the property our neighbors have rosemary and lavender in their front yard Mm -hmm. and when it's when the bees are out i mean it's it's audible you i can hear from my living room the and then they also are in my california pepper tree which would make me nervous (laughs) <laughs> about oh. what honey would come from Ooh, that. Oh no, now you're yeah. talking my language. <laughs> a little uh, Well, and then and then I I, yeah. I I um had a huge wisteria plant that I gave to a local restaurant that this person bought as well. And um it but the bees in that and a couple of beekeepers asked me if they could put boxes in my backyard just oh. to get that. To get the swarms from the wisteria. Yeah, from the wisteria. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Which would yeah, have been very an interesting cool. flavor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So much to learn. I know. Isn't so it fun? delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, thank you for including me today. Oh no, I think uh, this nice was really fun. Show, it Kathleen. is. It is. We'll yeah. see you again soon. For uh, those of you that want to download past episodes. You can go to thebitegoeson.com or you can go to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and search our shows there. Also hit us up on Instagram at Bite Talk. We will be posting video and or photos of a lot of things that happen on the show. I think Sandra got a really good picture of this bread in a can. So if 
people think either think we're nuts. We know we're nuts. But if, <laughs> if you if you want to see what we're talking about, if you have no idea what we're talking about, because I know some people um, have never heard of bread in a can. But we'll post that on the Instagram account as well, so you can take a look at that. And in uh, all full disclosure, we ate half of it. Right, I know. Maybe you're gonna take a picture of that <laughs> evidence that uh, it is actually quite good. <laughs> so we will look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Brian Casey with Kathleen Hill and Sondra Bernstein. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Brian.